Welcome to Joyful Souls, the podcast. I'm Tracy Benson, your host. I am so excited to take this weekly journey with you where we'll take deep dives into real talk with real people living an epically fulfilled existence. We'll give you tips, tools, and strategies that you can use in your everyday life to have more joy, more peace, more love, more connection, more of all the things that really matter. And it's crazily true. When you live like that in alignment, in joy, in peace, just expanding your heart and soul, it's amazing what you manifest and what will just show up at your door. So let's get this trip around the sun started. I'll see you on the flip side. Welcome to this week's episode. Have I got a rare treat for you. Today, I'm going to be joined by David Wood. He's a formal consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies, including Sony Music, Chanel, and Exxon. He left his cushy Park Avenue job over 20 years ago to build the world's largest coaching business. He became number one on Google for life coaching, serving an audience of over 150,000 coaches and coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe. Alongside his client successes, David is no stranger to overcoming challenges himself. He survived a full collapse of his paraglider and a fractured spine. He also witnessed the devastating death of his sister at age seven, had severe anxiety and depression, and was on a national gong show. He is the author of Get Paid for Who You Are, with a forward by Jack Canfield. He was nominated to the Transformational Leadership Council along with such thought leaders as Don Miguel Ruiz, John Gray, and Marianne Williamson. He also believes that tough conversations we avoid are our doorways to confidence, success, and love. They become our defining moments which shape our world. He coaches high-performing entrepreneurs, executives, and teams, and now prison inmates, to create amazing results and deep connection, one tough conversation at a time. I am so excited for this guest to share his wisdom and gold with you. Let's not wait any longer. Let's get this party started. Hi, David. I'm so happy to have you here, and I welcome you, and I'm grateful that you would come and join me today. Thank you for having me, Tracy Benson. I'm happy to be here and excited to see what we say. Hopefully, we'll have some impact on our listeners' lives. That's awesome. That's exactly what I'm looking for. So, David, why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, a synopsis of, you know, where you started out in life, you know, what was your primary focus maybe in your younger years, and when did that shift and why and where you are now? Sure. Well, I started life in an Australian country town and I had a tragedy when I was very young and I didn't know that it impacted me at the time, but my little sister died and I witnessed it when I was seven years old and we didn't know about PTSD back then. We didn't know about depression, anxiety and all those things. And I grew up, I thought normally, but what happened is I seemed to grow up very left-brained And I had squished down my feelings. And apparently that's a trauma response that people learn to just 
jump ahead in their head to a solution. So it had benefits. I ended up coming top of my school and getting a scholarship to go to university. So I got paid to go to university over here in the US. Oh, and by the way, university was free for me. So I had quite the privileged life. And now I'm thrown in with the people who all came top of their schools because I chose a a field called actuarial science, which is very intense statistics and numbers and probability and like that. Now I got a job on Park Avenue at the age of 23, consulting to Sony Music and Ford and Exxon and, and Big and Chanel. And I thought, I've made it. This is amazing. I'm a consultant, consulting actuary here. This is awesome. And then someone dropped a little hint because I wasn't happy in my marriage. And they said, why don't you go and do this course with Landmark Education? It's called the Landmark Forum. And I thought, actually, she said my wife should do it after she heard what my wife was doing. And I said, let me go and check it out. So despite them all wearing name tags and smiling way too much, which had me feel really uncomfortable, I didn't trust them. I thought I'm going to get in and out. I had a view about people who did self-help as being weak. They couldn't handle things themselves and they they were mindless sheep and these self-help junkies. Well, I became a self-help junkie. They cracked my cynicism, opened my heart, and I realized that there are people who really care about the world and they trained me in coaching because I found in the second course I couldn't help myself coach someone. When someone was stuck, I'd be like, well, the teacher said this yesterday. Have you tried that? And what about this? And I changed somebody's life overnight. It was incredible. Her husband had had an affair 10 years earlier, and she'd been using that to manipulate and control him, keep him under the thumb. Then she tells me that someone else had an affair 10 years earlier, but she didn't tell him that piece, that she'd also had an affair So I helped coach her to come clean and she went and did it, put her marriage on the line, went and did it. And she came back and reported to the group that both of them felt they were walking on air six feet above the ground the whole weekend, fully in love. And I was hooked. So I went and got myself in a coach training school after spending a year playing guitar for pubs and parties and on national TV and our gong show so it, it took me a little while to find my, my path, but now I've been coaching since 1998. I love helping people see how the puzzle works because life is so complex and I can help take the thousand data pieces of someone's life and chunk it down into something manageable. And I just love doing that. And if it's business, that's fun for me because I'm a business geek and I love branding and, and all those systems but I also love working on the people side because that landmark course started my path towards opening my heart, being vulnerable and being fully expressed and sharing the things that most people would hide even from themselves. So I've done that and I love helping my clients also walk their own journey of full self-expression. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago, I found out that a lot of what I'm teaching are leadership skills. I didn't know that. Now I'm coaching executives at Warner Brothers and and big companies. And I realized these are the leadership skills revealing 
holding yourself accountable, holding someone else accountable, and having tough conversations. These are all things we need if we want to be a leader. So I hope I answered your question. That's beautiful. Yes, that was a great synopsis. And I fully agree with everything. And we have something in common. I lost a brother at a young age too, um, shut down the feelings and had this some of the same experience you did um, in early life, but and thought that personal development was for, you know, geeks and weirdos and people that didn't know how to handle their stuff. So I, when I started it, I'm a personal development junkie too. So it's uh, amazing once you crack that shell, what you can do with your life, isn't it? So, um, amen. Hey, women, you are, you know, a long time accomplished coach and leader in the area. And the area of tough conversations, that's kind of your specialty, although I can see from your what you said that you do, you can help anybody with any problem. This is just one area that you see a lot of people have weaknesses in. And I don't like to use the word weaknesses. Well, let's say opportunities. Yeah. I think there's gold. Yeah. I like to call them challenges because me, I'm always up for a challenge. Some people, not so much. So yeah, opportunity is probably better. A more positive spin on that. So, which is great. So, you know, break down to somebody what a tough conversation looks like. And what I mean by that is what an appropriate tough conversation looks like. Because I can tell you in my early years, I would have the tough conversations, but I didn't ask permission. I wasn't really very pleasant about it. You know what I mean? I wasn't doing it yeah. in a way where I was going to get the result that I actually wanted, right? Right. So how does one go about having that tough conversation? Because so many people avoid conflict. They don't, yeah. they don't want to have that. Well, let's first talk about like what are the flavors of tough conversation? Because I think listening to this, if you have one in mind and you, you start, what I want is that, you know, for listeners that some ideas get sparked for you and you're like, oh, that's what you're talking about. Oh, I could talk to Jenny about that. Oh, I could talk to Bill about that. I want to spark some ideas because the ego hides these opportunities or challenges from us because in the past, these things probably haven't gone very well. So it's natural that you'd avoid them. But with my four-step care model, I'm telling you it's a game changer and you, you can go in there with some confidence and vulnerability and make a huge difference in your own life and for other people's. So here are some of the different examples. And, and I also want to say, let's not call them tough conversations on this interview because what they are, it's really for me, it's about your truth and speaking your truth. That's what I want for you. These are truth opportunities for you to be expressed and for you to lead and maybe create a different result. And it might be a tough conversation or it might be way easier than you thought. We don't even know. But I call them tough conversations because that's how we label them. Oh, my God, this is a tough one. So here's some examples. It's in the workplace. I screwed up and I want to make a confession. I want to own up that I, I did this wrong, right? It's often not rewarded in certain cultures. How about I don't like the way you speak to me? I'd like you to speak differently. I want to be promoted. I want to get a pay rise. I think I deserve it. Or I don't think I deserve it and I still want it. I don't like your behavior. Something you're doing isn't working for me. Maybe it's someone reporting to you. Or maybe it's a boss who's micromanaging. But I'd like you to change your behavior. Often as labeled as a tough conversation for people. Now in relationships, 
so many tough conversations with kids. I've got a client wants more time with his kid, but his kid's 16. He just wants to go and be with his friends. Hey, I want you to have safe practices around COVID-19. That's a tough conversation. I broke an agreement with you. I kissed somebody three years ago. That's a secret I've been holding. Confessions are an amazing category of tough conversations. I've done a lot of them. Some that were super embarrassing, a couple that I could have been prosecuted for because I'd broken the law. And I went and said, I'm sorry, can I make it right? So these are the different flavors of speaking our truth and speaking up. And then I think your question was, what does it look like? And were you really asking, like, how, to, how can you do it artfully? Or was it something else? Yeah. How would one, if they have something they need to have a conversation about, and they know they need to have it, but they're just, you know, not doing it because they're just not sure how to approach it. How do we break it down to where, you know, any of our listeners can go, okay, I can follow these steps and I can have this conversation that I have. Great. I'll walk you right through it. And I'm curious out of all the examples I gave, did anyone come to mind? Do you have someone in, in your life where you're thinking, oh, yeah, there's a bit of an awkward conversation that I'd like to have or something I don't want to address? And if not, I'll, I'll give an example from my life. You know, sometimes with my adult children, you know, I hold back things that I probably should be having the tough conversation on feeling like I'm, you know, intruding or, you know, being a know-it-all or, you okay. know, whatever, you know, where I just, I feel uncomfortable broaching the subject because I don't want their reaction. Great. And what, right. And that's one of the reasons we avoid tough conversations. Like the other person, I can't control the other person's reaction and it might not go well. And I might lose something. Like maybe, you know, if I tell my partner that I broke an agreement, they might leave me and take the kids. Right. There's a lot riding on this. When I called the college principal of my college, 15 years after I went to college, he didn't know me from a bar of soap. And I said, hey, I, when I was at college, I stole the college sign. In fact, I stole, stole it twice. And I'm sorry. It's just clear vandalism now, now that I'm older, and I want to make it right. Like when I did that, he could have called the police. And my name could have been trashed in, in my hometown. So there's a real risk Now, with your adult children, what's one example of a subject that you might be hesitant to broach because you don't want to be seen as a know-it-all or intruding? Uh, Well, I have one that recently came up. My oldest son has three children, and he and his wife were separated, divorcing. And they had agreed that they would not bring any, you know, new people around the children. They're small, seven and under until a relationship was serious. There was no need for the kids to be involved if they had, you know, a relationship until it was serious. And then they would discuss it with each other, good co-parents. And, you know, the one would meet the other's person probably. And just so that they all be comfortable and talk how to approach it with the kids. Well, my son didn't do that. He had someone over to the house this last weekend and, my daughter-in-law actually works for me. And okay. uh, so, so he broke the agreement and you think that that wasn't a good move and you'd like to, yes, exactly. like to weigh in. All right. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great example. So I'll take you through the four-step care model. 
And if you like, we can give listeners the download at the end of the interview so they don't have to write all this down. Yeah, but, it's, but it's cool. if you want, write it down too, because this is four steps, C-A-R-E. And this will give you a roadmap for those awkward conversations. And your chances are probably three to five times higher that it's going to go well if you use this simple model. So C, I'll say what the four steps are, and then we'll go back and apply them to this situation. So C stands for clarify. And you fill in the worksheet, which will ask you questions so that you can understand why this is tough for you. Because it's the fog that makes it hard. Once you get clear, this is my hope. This is my intention. This is my my fear. This is my request. Then things will go a, a lot easier. And this is a worksheet you just fill in for yourself. Then if you decide to go ahead, and you may not, once you've done the worksheet, you may say, no, not worth it. So it'll help you decide whether or not to have the conversation. The next step, A, stands for ask permission. And you'll set up context. And I've got a ninja formula. This formula is amazing. It does 20 different things at once. So-and-so, there's something I've been hesitant to bring up. And that's because, and you insert your fear. But I've decided I do want to talk to you about it because, and you insert your hope. This demonstrates positive intent, among other things. Do you have 10 minutes now? It asks for consent. So this powerful formula will really set you up for a good chance of success. Then the R stands for reveal and request. You reveal the issue when you did X, I felt Y, and this is what I would ask of you. Now, you want to make sure it is an actual request. If it's a demand okay, that's fine. Just make it clear. If you don't do this, this is the consequence. And you can do that. Demands are okay, particularly if you set it up right. But if it's a request, you've got to realize that they can say no or they can counter offer. Now, the fourth step is super important and the one that I often forget. E stands for inquire. How is it for you that I'm bringing this up? Is it embarrassing, inspiring, something else? Do you feel attacked? Like, how is it for you? And what are your ideas and thoughts? Do you have a better idea than mine? Maybe you've got a reason that I I didn't even see. I want to hear anything you've got. And then you shut up. Because you don't want to create another tough conversation for them later on. That They're like, I didn't like that you went and did that. And I felt uncomfortable. Give them a chance. And then you work it out together. So with your son... I'm going to take you through the worksheet very simply, just two or three questions. You've already told me your fear. The fear is that they'll, they'll think that you're a know-it-all and that you're intrusive and maybe there'll be some distance between you, right? And then what's your hope? What's a great outcome of this conversation? My hope is that, you know, he'll expand and see maybe some alternative options from what he chose and work to make what he had failed to do right. So yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to reword that in my head to your hope is that he will avoid stepping on a landmine or on a second one and that he will avoid screwing up his relationship and his, and his parenting and that he will make a choice that's probably going to work better for him and everybody. Yes. Is your hope. Okay, great. Okay, and I think I can come up with a request. So let's do it. So you're up for doing a very simple role play. I'm going to be you and you're going to be your son. Okay. 
So I'll, I'll take the hard part and you just say whatever you think he would say. Okay. Right? If you want, you can give me a hard time. Don't treat me with kid gloves, but whatever feels true to him. Oh. All right, we'll call him Harry. Hey, Harry, I wanted to talk to you. There's something I've been scared to bring up and something I haven't been saying. And I haven't been saying it because I don't want you to see me as a know-it-all and intrusive and, and stepping in where I'm not wanted and creating some distance between us. That's why I haven't brought it up. But I've decided I do want to talk to you about it because I'm hoping I might be able to make a real contribution to your relationship and to your parenting. I've got some experience and I'm hoping I can make a contribution. And even that this conversation might bring us a little closer. I wondered, do you have about 10 minutes now? And would that be okay? Yeah, go ahead. All right, thank you. I notice. Um, I want to pause before I get into it because you seem a little hesitant. I think I heard a sigh. And so I'm going to jump to step four here for listeners. I want to inquire, am I picking up on something, something there? I'm just, you know, I'm busy mom and I'm overwhelmed and I've got a lot to deal with and I don't need you on my back. Right. Totally. And I, so I think that's why I was hesitant that you might feel like I'm on your back. And I wonder would you be open just for, just for the next five minutes to the possible viewpoint that I might have your back? Yeah. That's Thank okay. you. Because that's where I feel like I'm coming from. And I know it could look like the other one, but here's what I want to do. I want to offer a viewpoint and it might be hard to hear. And I am open to you discarding that viewpoint. That's totally fine, right? All I, my request right now is just that you hear me out. And if you choose to do something else, Look, you're an adult. You're a smart guy. I'm going to trust in your decisions. That sound fair? Yeah. All right, great. So here's what I got. I heard that you had an agreement with, with Nancy and that you broke the agreement. And I got concerned because I love you and I want everything to go really well. And I want the kids to have a great life, right? So I'm a grandmother and I don't want to like, overstep and butt in too often, but also I don't want to be a grandmother who just steps out when I've got something that could contribute and I stay silent. That would hurt me to do that. So I got worried when I heard that you had broken the agreement because I thought that could end up in a lot of drama. And I've got a viewpoint, but I wanted to check in with you about what are your thoughts about this? So again, I'm using my instinct here to step to, to go to step four. Do you feel that that was a good move and did you have a good reason for it? Or do you feel like that that was probably a mistake and you're not going to do it again? I just want to check in first before I spout from the mountain about my viewpoints. Well, you know, uh, Nancy's always trying to control everything I do and I'm just, I'm just done. I'm done with it. And, and, and yeah, I did make that agreement and, Maybe I shouldn't have, and maybe I shouldn't have broken it, but you know, the result was going to be the same. If it was now or six months from now, I feel like if I tried to introduce somebody that I was serious with, the result wouldn't have been any different. Right. So you were thinking she's going to be upset either way. Why not just go and do this? Yeah. Okay. All much. right. All right. I can understand that. And you might be right. I don't know. My viewpoint that I'm going to share with you and invite you and ask you to consider is that you'll have less drama in the long run if you take the pain up front by communicating. 
So if you say, this is in my experience, if you go to her and say, look, I want to introduce my girlfriend to the kids now, I think it's time, and I want to enroll you in that. If you get her enrolled, you're going to have way more peace in the future. If you don't get her enrolled, but you tell her, well, look, I'm going to do it anyway. I understand you don't agree. I choose to do it. I think I have that choice. I don't think that's going to go well for you, but it's going to go way better than you doing it behind her back. That's my point of view. Now, if we had more time in the role play, I would inquire more. Like, what a juicy conversation to have with my son. I'd be like, what do you think of that? Do you think, do you agree with that? Or do you just think, no, I should just go and go and do it anyway. And she's just going to be mad no matter what. I can have a great conversation and learn more about how he thinks about the world. So let's stop the role play there. And I'm curious, how was it for you, Tracy, to go through that? And did you see anything that you could use in future? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the personal conversations for me have always been the toughest. And um, in business, I had no problem having tough conversations. And in personal, you know, it's a little more touchy, it seems to be with my kids, because they want to shut down and move away from me. And, you know, that kills me. So those are some great to approach it, to check in with the feelings as we go along, um, to make sure that they're really hearing me because I can see where you could actually stop the conversation and have it at another time if somebody's getting too anxious and you can tell that they're shutting down. Because if they're shut down, there's no there's no reason to have it and there's no reason to press further. So yeah. great way to inquire about um, you know, what's going on in their head in, at the different moments. Yeah, thank you. So I want, I'll recap the model for listeners, what we did, and then I'll mention what I did, which was a bit more advanced that you don't have to do. So the simple version, we clarified the issue using the worksheet. What's your hope? What's your fear? What's your request? Right? We got clear about that going in so that we weren't floundering, you know, like just, I just don't like it. That's what it often looks like. I don't like that you did that. No. And then we asked permission and we showed a bit of vulnerability. Hey, I'm nervous to bring this up because you might think I'm butting in and you might feel like I'm on your back, right? Like let's preempt it. That's probably what they're going to think. That's what's happened in the past. So I'm preempting it and I'm showing vulnerability and I'm asking for consent. All of that in that simple formula, which is written down on the worksheet. So you don't have to remember it all. And then we we revealed the issue. When you did this, I got worried because of whatever. And my request right now is just that you hear me out and consider my viewpoint. You, may, you can choose not to do it. I'm very sensitive to the fact that I'm, it might be like I'm butting in. And then step four, how is it for you? And we didn't actually get to this specifically as I was inquiring all the way through, but specifically, how is it for you that I'm bringing this up? Does it, does it feel like I'm intruding? Does it feel like you're being judged? Does it feel helpful or is it something else? I'm checking in. And by the way, that's, a, that's an advanced tip too. I often give people a menu because when I say, how is it for you? They may not know that it's okay to say they're really annoyed. So I just give them a menu of options and say, or is it something else? So those are the four steps, which we got through most of them. And then the advanced thing that I was doing because 
I picked up straight away, you gave me a really obvious cue. There was a bit of a sigh. You didn't sound very excited. So whatever that is that you're holding, I'm trying to talk on top of that. So I just, I just thought, let me jump to step four and I'll check in. What's that sigh about? I'm curious. Let's relate around that before I go further. And then as we got into it, there was some interesting stuff. And I realized if I just launch in with my viewpoint and I go, you shouldn't have done that. I think you should have done this. I realized, wait a minute. He's probably got his own point of view. He's got his reasons why he did it. So I stopped and I paused and I said, before I share my viewpoint, I just want to check what's your viewpoint. And I gave a menu of options. Was it like, you know, you thought this was a good idea or you realized that wasn't a good idea and you, you do something else next time. I just thought I'd check in first. So that was the advanced step that I'm just, as we go forward, I'm checking in. But, but have the worksheet in front of you so that you don't get lost. And you can even say to someone, I wrote things down because I want to do a good job of this. And there's no way I'm going to remember it all. And so I might refer to my notes. You can do that. You don't have to like do it all off the top of your head. I've been doing this for 20 years, so I might do it off the top of my head. But I tell you, Tracy, when I do it off the top of my head, I'll often skip a step. Like I'll forget step four to inquire. So this is a good move. I had a school principal write in and say, I am batting four for four using this model. I've had four tough conversations, four chances to speak my truth. And they all went really well because I used this. So I'm just telling you, it works and it's free. It's a free download on the website. Awesome. So we'll get that link at the end. And so everybody can download that because I think it's super hyper valuable information um, because we all need to have tough conversations in our life and personal and business and, you know, just in every day and the way to handle it. Sometimes when we don't know what we don't know, we create a bigger mess. So, and that's why we have angst about it, right? Because we're afraid we're going to create that bigger mess. That's right. This is a simple set of tools to keep you from doing that. If you follow those steps, that's awesome. And I so appreciate you sharing that with the listeners. So now I'm going to go one level deeper. So the next level deeper is sometimes the person we need to have the conversation with is ourselves. Right. Sometimes we're the one that we need to, you know, come to terms with, honestly, and, you know, have the cough conversation about something in our life that is just not where it should be. It could be simple as, you know, health and fitness, but it could be something deeper. How we go about doing that for ourselves, because if we can't be truthful and honest and have those tough conversations with ourselves, it's really hard to have them with other people. Yeah. It's hard to read the label from inside the jar. That's really hard. So I'm biased towards coaching. I've been coaching for 20 years. I love coaching. I'm shopping for three different coaches right now. And I think coaching or working with a therapist is a really great way to bring out those conversations that haven't made it to the light. You know, they're kind of swirling around. One, I'll give you one example that a lot of my clients are wanting. There are a lot of, uh, I work with high performing entrepreneurs and and sometimes managers and executives. And what I find is almost all of them are suffering from some form of shiny object syndrome. They're feeling scattered and that creates stress. And they're still performing really well despite 
being scattered. I think the mind, the human mind is like a monkey on crack. And so one of those tough conversations to have with yourself is how can I focus? And that is in two parts. One is what do I focus on? And then two, how do I focus? And the way I like to say it these days is first choose the right mountain for you and then climb twice as fast. But there's no point in me helping you double your productivity and then you climb the wrong mountain. So firstly, one conversation is what do you really want? And that can be a really tough conversation for people. One question I love that helps with this is what would have you celebrate your ass off 12 months from now? You would be doing the happy dance. And that's a tough conversation with yourself. Like, what do I really, really want? I've recently gotten more clarity that I would love a partner to share my life with. That took a long time to come out of my subconscious. It's like, you know what? Next 30 years on the planet, that's a worthy mission for me to have an epic relationship. So that's one thing I'm looking for. Listeners, if you're female and you're single, I'm looking. So that's one tough conversation. What do I really want? That's the first thing I go through with my clients. And you can write down three things that would really have you do the happy dance, both in business and in life. And then the next step is, how do I tame this monkey mind? How do I focus? Given I'm talented, I've got all these skills, I've got all these shiny things that I can do, and we want dopamine. I believe we're all looking for a dopamine hit. So we check in text messages and then we're getting back to this person. Then we're doing an email and then we'll start on that article that we need to write for that editor and then go back. It's I'm getting stressed just talking about it with you. So here are some simple things that can help you have that tough conversation with yourself around focus and climbing twice as fast once you've chosen the right mountain. Schedule regular CEO time for yourself. This is time where you will manage yourself because otherwise you can just keep doing, 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 doing. Now, this time it can be, you can do it annually, you can do it quarterly, you can do it monthly, that's all good, but at least have 20 to 30 minutes a week where you step outside your business, you look at your targets, you might look at your annual targets and say, all right, given that, What am I going to achieve by the end of this week? Just 30 minutes. It's not a lot. It might be on a Sunday at five o'clock. It's a date with yourself. So you schedule that time and then you show up for that date. Might seem redundant for me to say that, but you'd be surprised how many people will put it in their calendar, but then blow it off because something else came up, something else shiny. So you need to schedule it, show up for that date with yourself. Just try it for a month. Four 30-minute sessions, see how you go. If you work with me or any other coach, you could consider that time with your coach to be your CEO time where you're stepping outside and looking at everything. Now, the next bit is CEO time, just five minutes every day at the end of the day to choose the two most critical things you're going to do the next day. And here's the question to ask yourself in that five minutes. If I only got two things done tomorrow, what would they be? And then you write those down. And when you wake up the next morning, wake up with a sense of peace and direction. You don't have to engage your CEO. You just engage your worker. I know what to do. Now, here's the next step, Tracy. You've got your CEO time. You know what to do. 
The next step is to diarize PFA blocks. And the PFA stands for peaceful focused action. Because you can't expect yourself to be focused 24-7. That's ridiculous. And you've got to check email at some point. You might say 9 to 11 every morning, Monday to Friday, are my PFA blocks. No one can access me. I turn off the phone. I turn off Facebook. I turn off email notifications. No one can ding me. And there's a sign on my wall. And I've talked to my kids and my wife and my husband. And they understand that 9 to 11, I'm unaccessible because I'm working for me. And you do the two things that you said the day before. It doesn't usually happen overnight. People will set it up and then they fall off the horse. That's fine. Get back on the horse and you practice it. Sometimes it takes my clients a few weeks to get this into habit. But then you're a superhuman because you've got clear direction. You know the mountain you're climbing and now you're climbing twice as fast. Wow. That's awesome. I, you know, I do time blocking myself and I do time block things, but I never really did that PFA time. That's a huge tip because we do get distracted easily when we don't shut everything off. And we're in such a world where everybody wants instant gratification and they want us now, we get used to feeding that monster, right? It's like, I know when I shifted my business model where I was no longer going to allow myself to be available 24 seven to my clients, you know, and said, Hey, listen, these are my normal work hours. And, you know, if it's an emergency outside of that, this is the protocol and that kind of thing. But we have this difference in our society now where we feel like people expect to be able to get a hold of us, but we don't need to follow that model. And that is one of the best tips that I think I've heard in a long time. Thank Uh, you. And and a bonus tip, which is super important. Do not check email or voicemail before you start your PFA blocks. That's a bonus tip because you'd be lost. Oh, this is time sensitive. This is really important. Oh, this will only take a a minute. And you get a dopamine hit from just responding to that one email. And if you don't do that, if you don't check email and you don't check voicemail, your psyche, when you wake up and you do your stretch or your jog or get your green smoothie or whatever your routine is, your psyche can be loading up whatever it needs to to prep for those two things that you said. So you're, it's like a martial art. You're prepping yourself for it versus loading up your psyche with all these other things which are going to take you away. Now you're going to need more willpower to bring yourself back to focus. Why do that to yourself? Do your PFA blocks, then check email, then check voicemail. You can even, if some people say, oh, but what if someone, they think I'm available and I'm not, you can have an autoresponder on your email and and a message on your voicemail that says, I check messages at 11 a.m., right? It's not rocket science. It's not easy to make the shift, which is usually where I come in. But try it out. Try it out for seven days or even better, a month. I want you to have peace and I want you to have that feeling of being like super productive and knowing that you're working on what you say matters most. That's alignment and that's one definition of integrity. Absolutely. And I just, uh, even the extra tip of doing it before you start your 
work day or doing all that after you do whatever your morning routine is. Like for me, it's priming and, you know, that I do my exercise and I do my meditation. So that is like huge. Just for me, that was a huge light bulb because I tend to finish that stuff. I go right and check my emails and my voicemails. So I'm like, okay, what do I have to do get done today? And I do that exact thing you said where I'm like, oh, well, I know this is not important, but it'll just take me a second. Right. And then my brain gets revved and I'm more easy to get off track that way. Now, because I've been a coach for a while and I've done this, I have a lot of skills and tools and strategies to bring myself back. But what a gift not to have to do that. What a gift just to sail through it. So this right here, this piece of information, the tough conversation, the care model, that is gold. If you're in business and you're a high level achiever, this right here can shift your life entirely. I guarantee it. I mean, it's literally given me chills, the thought of that, just that simple thing. And all you have to do is repeat it and make it a habit. And yes, you know, that's exactly some of the things I work with my coaching clients too, which is another reason that you have a high level coach like David or any coach, because sometimes, as he said, we can't have, we don't see because we're in the bar, we're in the jar. We don't see our own tough conversations. And that's really where a good coach comes in handy for you because they're seeing what you need to work on and can help you identify it and work on those things and be that much more successful. Well, David, I so appreciate you being on the show today. I've just learned so much from you and so happy that I met you and look forward to a continued conversation with you at some point. And I ask all my podcast guests the same question. It's really easy. And so I'd like to ask you, if you could go back to your younger years, what is the one thing, tool, strategy, thing that you would tell your younger self so that you could get to that extraordinary life that much faster? I would tell my youngest self, there are times when it's going to get really hard. It's going to get so hard that you might not think you can make it through it. Because I've been to some really deep, dark places with anxiety and depression and and, uh, breaking my back in a paragliding accident, whatever. So I'll say you can handle a lot more than you think. And no matter how scary things get, see if you can come back to your breath and have that be home for you because you will make it through it. Even when it seems like, oh, my God, I cannot control this. That's kind of part of the point of the journey is to realize that you can't control everything and that's going to be scary as hell. But you got this. That's awesome advice. And I fully agree. Life is a total journey and we have only control of our own thoughts and actions. And sometimes we get out a little out of control, but coming back to the breath, that is a great, a great thing to do. Um, and I probably like you, since you said that, I believe in people should do breath work daily because that's sometimes we just need. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've taken a few deep breaths on this call when I've noticed, like when I said, I'm getting stressed, just talking about it. Mm-hmm. I brought attention to my breathing. I was like, ah, and then I took a deeper breath and came back. Now, people who really go into this are probably way better than me at catching that. And I want peace for people. I didn't want this before in my life. 
But I want peace for people, in particular after doing Byron Katie, I realized peace is a wonderful thing to have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, breath can help do that. Yeah, joy and peace are my top two go-tos all the time, and I get there by gratitude and breath work. So it's amazing. So I appreciate everything you've done. Can you tell our listeners how they can find you, how they can find the care model download and how to get in touch with you? If they want to seek out your coaching service, just find more out about the Tough Conversations. I know you also have a podcast, the Tough Conversations with David Wood. So how else can they get a hold of you, David? Thank you. You can find me at playforreal.life, playforreal.life. And you can download the Tough Conversations Care Model there. And that will also, if you do also do that, you'll get on my mailing list. I send two videos a week. And one of those videos will be about what we talked. It'll go deeper into what we talked about today about how to choose the right mountain and climb twice as fast. It'll talk about focused action blocks and, and all of that. You can subscribe to Tough Conversations with David Wood also at the website And if you're interested in coaching, the best way, there's a big request a session button on my site. You request a session, it'll tell you about how I work with people. And if you feel like you might be a fit for what I offer, then request a session. And there's an application form that I think is really valuable. It'll ask you questions about your life. You'll get coached just filling it in and you get to assess different parts of your life. And I'll ask you for your goals. And your challenges and what slows you down. So I think it's a valuable process. And you can either fill in that form and not request a session or fill it in a form and I'll go through it with you. And, um, and I use a sliding scale. So I want to be upfront about that. I, you know, if you're earning over 200 grand, it's simply 2,400 a month. But if you're earning less than that, it goes right down to 500 a month. And I've got a group program, Tracy, that's very new and I'm excited about because it's all savvy entrepreneurs and they're supporting each other. They're starting to already set up calls with each other and support each other in the group. And then once a week, they come on a call with me and ask their questions and I coach them. So I'm excited by that. And I want to give that a plug again, just request a session. If you think that might be a fit for you and I'd love to talk with you play for real dot life. It's not.com. I got the dot life because I could. And that's awesome. I love that. And yeah, the group program sounds awesome. It's great to mastermind with other like-minded individuals and have someone like you that's a master coach, you know, help fine tune everything. So I so appreciate you having you as a guest and I look forward to having you a guest again sometimes when we could talk about some more in-depth things that my listeners will certainly glean more gold from. All right, guys, you have just the most beautiful day. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. I love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Joyful Souls Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at Tracy Benson at joyfulsouls.com. Thanks ever so much for listening and have a beautiful day.